0: Harry Bird's not
1: walking through that door. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. The okay. kick. It is...
2: God, God, God,
1: God. To be the
2: man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1 the the
1: This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. And what a week of breaking news and big storylines that we have. NFL, World Series, college football playoff, vaccinations, no vaxes, tragedy in the NFL, big big boxing match out in Las Vegas involving Canelo Alvarez, a plethora of topics that we're going to talk about tonight. And this week, we have two great guests for you, two guys that have been on the podcast many times before, Mike Neighbors, who covers the New Orleans Saints, And he's the president and CEO of the Neighbors Media Group, as well as T.J. Reeves of the Buccaneer Radio Network, the Three Dog Thursday podcast, the Big Fight Weekend podcast. He does national uh, radio college football games throughout the fall as well. So we're going to talk all things NFL, lots of injuries. We're going to talk trade deadline. We are going to talk the college football playoff and much, much more with both Mike and T.J. But before we get to Mike and TJ, a few thoughts as we, again, lots of breaking news going on uh, throughout the sports world this week. First off, the Atlanta Braves get it done. Win the World Series in six games. Their first world title since 1995. Just an incredible, uh, a very good series. They finish off the Astros in game six on Tuesday night, Jorge Soler, World Series MVP, hit a monster home run that's not sure has still hit the ground yet, out of Minute Maid Ballpark. Max Freed with a huge performance in Game Six, uh, but what a job by the Braves bullpen throughout this whole series to stymie that Houston uh, hitting attack. Brian Snicker, what a story as the manager of the Braves, been in the organization for forty plus years. In a variety of different roles in the minor leagues, the major league level, finally got his chance back in 2016 to be the manager, done a great job with all the young talent. And Alex Anthopoulos, the Atlanta GM for remaking that outfield right around the trade deadline when when Ronald Acuna went down with the ACL injury, went out and acquired Jorge Soler, Duvall, Rosario, Jock Peterson, just remade the entire outfield. To go along with Austin Riley, Freddie Freeman, Albie's, Travis Darno, a good pitching staff, Dansby Swanson at at, at at shortstop, and all the all the all the rest. So great job by the Braves. Very popular uh, champion that will be. Obviously with the Astros, with all the history they've had with the cheating scandal and such. I don't think a lot of people are feeling too sorry about the Astros. Still a hell of a team. You feel bad for Dusty Baker that he's never won a title. But not a lot of sympathy probably for the Houston Astros. But kudos to the Atlanta Braves getting it done in six games. They beat the Dodgers in the NL- NLCS. They beat the Brewers. They were underdogs in all three series. Uh, and get it done. Win their first world title uh, since 1995. The glory days of the Braves with, with with all the pitching. So, big shout out to them. Let's head to the NFL. Tragic news coming out of Las Vegas. The tragic accident with Henry Ruggs driving the Corvette, just a terrible story. He rear-ends uh, a, pass- a car in front of him. Uh, it was, it's been reported that, that Ruggs was somewhere close to two times the legal limit uh, intoxicated. There are reports that he was going somewhere around 150 miles an hour, just a couple of seconds before impact. He killed two people in the car that he hit. Uh, he survived as long uh, as well as his uh, female companion. He he is being arrested and will be arrested uh, for obviously vehicular DUI with the death of a two people. Uh, tragic story, but again, no sympathy for me in this day and age of Uber, Lyft, and all the different things that you can do to get to get a ride home. There's zero business for Henry Ruggs. Or any athlete, or anybody, m- much much less to be driving drunk these days. Call an Uber, call a call a Lyft. And again, when you when you're that drunk, when you're that intoxicated, and you get behind the wheel, nothing good happens. And we have a terrible case here in Las Vegas. He's already been released from the Raiders. He's going to go to jail. Most he's going to go to jail. Just a matter of how long. And his life is obviously being altered for, for the worse. For a very very long time, so I don't have any sympathy for Henry Ruggs. Obviously, all the sympathy goes to the family of the victims. Um, do not allow your friends to drink and drive. Uber, Lyft, call a taxi, whatever you got to do. Do not let your friends get behind the wheel if at all there's any doubt whether they've had too much to drink uh, at all. So it's just it's just a senseless act. And again, Henry Ruggs is going to pay a pay a very heavy price for this senseless act and for his actions. So as he should Um, let's move to green Bay, more vaccination issues. Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID. Now all the the stories are coming out that he was, he's never been vaccinated. He claims he was immunized, which is not vaccinated Um, back in, back in August during training camp, never been vaccinated. It'll be very interesting to see what comes out of the Packer organization about the, Uh, The protocols and all the things that that unvaccinated players have to adhere to if they're in the building. You know, you've seen him many a times at press conferences, not wearing a mask. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the the league investigation into this. He will not play this week in Kansas City for a heavyweight showdown with Patrick Mahomes. Jordan Love will start. And as far as Rodgers goes, shame on you, Aaron you're the guy that's killing management for not, you know, for not ha- allowing you more control over some decision making things like that. But you're gonna you're gonna let down 53 guys in that in that in that organization, countless support personnel, coaches, everybody involved. You're gonna let them down by not getting vaccinated as the quarterback of that team and affect the, uh, that this franchise's uh, viability as as a team this year because you're, you refuse to get vaccinated. Shame on you, Aaron. You know, you that's, that's, that's just not a, not smart. That's just a, that's a selfish move. Um, Again, like I've said many times, I know people have personal preferences and you can do that. Then don't be the quarterback of the green Bay Packers, retire, go back to uh, wherever you want to go to in California or wherever and don't get vaccinated. But if you're going to be part of the NFL, you need to be vaccinated players, administrators, coaches, coaches have to be vaccinated they can't coach, and this is shame on you for letting your organization down, especially when you're out killing them this offseason, expecting more control, more decision-making powers, and you do this in week nine of the season. Shame on you, Aaron. You know, Kyrie Irving, the same thing in the NBA. I got no sympathy for Kyrie Irving. You know, it's a disgrace that Kyrie's getting paid for for games that he's not playing in. Um it's a disgrace that he's getting paid a penny at all for not getting vaccinated. Um, you know, get the shot. Be done with it. Get the shot. You're a leader of that team. Kyrie's not a leader of nothing, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but for Aaron Rodgers to go this long and for to, and, and to basically manipulate the media and the public that he's been vaccinated when he really hasn't is is a, is a is a, is a shit is a shameful thing for you Aaron Rodgers. Um, and again, you just lose more, a little more credibility with your legacy, with your, with your, you know, impact around the league. It'll be very interesting to see how this, how this plays out with the Green Bay Packers in the NFL in this situation. Um, Derrick Henry lost to the Titans for the rest of the season, foot injury, just a devastating loss there as well. Very interesting to see how they uh, respond to that. Adrian Peterson brought into the mix in Tennessee, so we'll see if he has any. Gas left in the tank in Tennessee. More will be asked of Ryan Tannehill. They've got a good team. They escaped a a game last Sunday in Indianapolis with disastrous plays by Carson Wentz late in regulation and in overtime, two disastrous interceptions that were just awful. But we'll see how Derrick Henry's loss affects the Tennessee Titans. They're going to win that division with or without Derrick Henry. But to be a Super Bowl contender it will be very interesting to see how the how the titans react and respond to that trade deadline uh no Deshaun Watson trade they're not uh, they're going to obviously wait till the offseason to make that trade which i don't understand that but i'm sure the dolphins want some clarity on what his punishment's going to be and what his if there's going to be any cr- criminal ca- uh, criminal uh, charges filed so that's that's been put on hold no no Deshaun Watson trade uh, he's eligible to play by the NFL, but Houston will not play him a down. He will be inactive every week. You won't see him play. Uh, the Dolphins, obviously, are going to finish the year with Tua. The Rams make the big move. They go get Vaughn Miller from the Denver Broncos, pay a steep price. They give a second and third round pick to Denver in next year's draft. It's a good move for Denver. Denver's not going anywhere. Vaughn Miller's aging, 32 years old. Still a good pass rusher. He's not as good as he was two or three years ago. And Denver, again, Denver's not in a position that they're going to be contending for a a Super Bowl or anything like that. So, good move by Denver to get two pretty high high draft picks. Vaughn Miller. Miller will help the Rams. They're going all in. Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller, Matthew Stafford. Not sure when the next time they'll have a draft pick. But it'll be worth it if they were to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. So, they are loading up to contend with the Bucks, to contend with the Packers, to contend with the teams in the AFC as well as the NFC. So, Arizona Cardinals. So, very very interesting move there. Um, a couple small deals of, of of lesser note, but Vaughn Miller was the big chip at the trade deadline. So, be very interesting as we all as we reach about the halfway point of the NFL season, how these playoff pictures start to develop obviously you have the drama with obj in cleveland um this is going to get ugly his father put some stuff up on social media that was disparaging to baker mayfield and the organization so it'll be very interesting to see how um that that goes in cleveland surprise they didn't trade him they could have traded him to a couple teams it sounds like new orleans was interested mike thomas is now out for the season in new orleans so I'm surprised they didn't dump Odell Beckham to New Orleans to get some compensation back and to alleviate some of that salary. It sounds like he's turning into a little bit of a cancer in in Cleveland over the number of touches he's getting, the offense, all the things that uh, the diva that is OBJ is. It's finally re, re, uh, resurfacing. So we'll see how the Cleveland situation with OBJ and Baker Mayfield and Stefanski play out. So that'll be very interesting to see. So stay tuned. Mike Neighbors, again, TJ Reeves, we'll give you some good breakdowns on the um, college football playoff. We're going to talk about um, Mike's, Mike has an awesome YouTube series called Aarons. Mike covers the Saints. Mike does a lot of stuff in the sports world. And again, TJ is going to talk about the big Canelo Alvarez fight this weekend, um, ch- again, check out TJ and the Three Dog Thursday podcast, the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We're talking to, again, TJ about college football playoff, about Bucks and Saints, some NFL topics. So stay tuned. Mike Neighbors coming up next on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And now a word from our podcast sponsor, Titan Home Lending. For all of your home financing needs anywhere in the state of Florida, whether it's a purchase or a refinance, reach out to Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Titan Home Lending is based in Tampa, Florida. We can help you with FHA, conventional, renovation loans, jumbo loans, and virtually anything in between. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205 205- Seven nine zero one right. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm Jason. We are welcome to bring in for his multiple visits now to the podcast. Mike Neighbors, the CEO of the Neighbors Media Group. Mike does uh, work with the New Orleans Saints for Your View TV. He's also the creator of the Aaron's uh YouTube uh series where he follows around new orleans saints legends from the past and present mike's heading into season three of the Aaron series and welcome back to the podcast mike mr powers good to be on with you how are you good good well you were at the you were at this epicenter of some drama there (laughs) sunday in the superdome first of all give me give give the audience a scene of halloween night in new orleans superdome with the bucks in town
2: it's crazy my friend you know what I think when the NFL schedule makers found out that, you know, we have Jameis Winston as the starter for the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> we're going to make sure it's Halloween when we have that Bucks game. I'm just surprised they didn't have a Sunday night game because right. that would have made it even more electric in New Orleans, but you know, that would have been enough. And you really feel for Jameis Winston first and foremost, because You know, say what you want to say about him, the decisions he's made on and off the field, but he's always worked hard. He's always been a popular guy in the locker room, and they love him in New Orleans, just like they loved him in Tampa in that locker room. So you hate to see anybody get hurt, but he worked so hard, bided his time with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you know, took some humble pie. was the starter for five years, sat in the sideline and learned, and looked really good early on in the year. I mean, Sean Payton had reigned him back a lot, but was making better decisions. And I think a lot of it was attempts. I mean, Bruce Arians had him throw the ball, Jason, over 600 times (laughs) in Tampa. He was on pace to go well below 400, his current rate with Sean Payton. So he was going toe-to-toe with Brady early, gets hurt. But Trevor Simeon, I mean, to me, it really shows how great Sean Payton is because he's the fifth different quarterback he's won a game with. You know, Breeze, you have Taysom Hill, you have Jameis Winston, you have Teddy Bridgewater, now Trevor Simeon. Drew Brees is a future Hall of Famer. He's a great player, but the fact that Sean Payton can adapt like this really shows what kind of coach he is.
1: No, no doubt about it. And for those of you that don't know, it's been confirmed. Jameis has a torn ACL and also has some MCL damage as well. Obviously going to be done for the season. The big question for the saints is do, where, where are they going to go at quarterback? You have just obviously have Simeon. How You can probably give us an idea how far away is Taysom Hill from coming back. You got Ian Book. The trade deadline is approaching. We're, we're taping this on Tuesday of the actual trade deadline. Are the Saints in the market for a quarterback, i.e. maybe a Cam Newton, yeah. i.e. maybe even a guy like a Phillip Rivers a couple of weeks down the road if something if things don't go well? What are your thoughts? Maybe,
2: maybe even a Teddy Bridgewater that they could pry from, from Denver potentially. Uh, Sean Payton has said repeatedly all week that we like our quarterback room, which says we're not going to go out and, and trade for anybody. And he really hinted after the game, Jason – that Taysom Hill would be the answer because he said, even if Taysom Hill would have been active, that Simeon would have gone in because that's the way it works in New Orleans that Simeon would have gone in and Taysom Hill would have been the Swiss Army knife guy. But now things are interesting. He's had the concussion. He's gotten better. I think if Taysom Hill is good to go, he'll be the quarterback and Simeon will be that reliable backup. But uh, it's interesting because, um, you know, Sean Payton has really taken pride in what he's done with Taysom Hill in so many ways. But boy, he has a lot of detractors in New Orleans. You know, he's, it's a gimmick. He's right. not a starting quarterback, but he did go, you know, three and one last year with Drew Brees being out and, uh, you know, beat the Atlanta Falcons who they're playing this week. So, yeah. you know, Taysom Hill's done a lot of things to make himself a better quarterback. So I think that's the route they'll go if he's back. But we'll see. The concussions are tricky, as Bucks fans know, Dally yeah. Marpet last season.
1: No, you're right. And, and I think one thing Peyton probably realizes is that his strength of his team's on defense this year. They're not going to be a yep. 35, 40-point-a-week a scoring offense. They're going to try to win games 21-17, 24-17 kind of games because that defense is legit.
2: Absolutely, and, and you make a great point because as good as Drew Brees was in New Orleans, really that New New Orleans defense has carried them since 2017. Uh, you know, Brees hasn't been the same guy the last couple of years, and, you know, when he went down and Teddy Bridgewater was 4-0, yeah, you give credit to Teddy Bridgewater – but the defense really carried the load in that stretch. So, yeah, I mean, you always think of Sean Payton, you think of Drew Brees and all these numbers, but boy, the defense really has carried the load. And, and Bucks fans saw it last week. I mean, you know, Tom Brady had a great game, over 300 yards, four touchdowns, but he made some crucial mistakes and that's on Brady, but it's also on the Saints defense for making those plays.
1: No, Dennis Allen's done a great job. He'll be a guy yeah. that I think will get another opportunity as a head coach here Absolutely. in the very near future of his work here with the Saints' defense, and like you said, for whatever reason they just have the Bucs' number, especially I mean, especially defensively. Dennis Allen kind of knows the route combinations the the Bucs like crunch time things like that. And you have a great front four in New Orleans too. Jordan Davenport playing well, which is which has always been a a big issue for Brady.
2: And Anya Mata came back in the middle of that D line. I mean, they lost Malcolm Brown to the Jaguars. They lost Shelton Rankins. And they've had guys like one of my favorite names of all time, Shai Tuttle, these uh, <laughs> role players, step in in the interior of that defensive line. But David Onyemata is a guy a lot of people don't know about around the league, but he's a very talented player. And he was in on that fumble with Tom Brady. So he's a big part. And He makes Cam Jordan get better because Cam Jordan's getting up there. But if he has Davenport and Onyemata, it makes him better too.
1: No, you're right. So we're, we're, when we're taping this, we're taping this at the trade deadline. Do you see the Saints being active at all? maybe for a receiver and there's some speculation that they might be in the receiver market what's the status of Mike Thomas i know he's been on PUP all year how far away right. do, do they think that he he is from playing
2: seems like every time i check it another two weeks. So I thought he'd be back in October. Here we are in November. I would say it's week to week. But here's a stat that I came up with for our pregame show this week that really tells you a lot about Sean Payton again as the head coach. He's one with different quarterbacks besides Breeze. But Alvin Kamara is the leading wide receiver for the Saints, right? Okay. Besides him, the true wide receiver who's led the way is Marquez Callaway. Right. Jason, he's 108th in the NFL in terms of receptions. They're Damn. winning with guys like... Alex Arma, a fullback who caught a touchdown against the Bucks. Troutman. Eric Griffin. Yeah, yeah, Troutman. Kevin White, who was a bust yeah. and for the Chicago Bears. And this is the one I love the most. Chris Hogan, who was a lacrosse player last year, came back, caught a touchdown pass, and had a couple decent games. Over the bye week, just decided, you know what? I'm retiring. I want to spend more time with my family. So that's the way it's been. Yep. I mean, it's remarkable the Saints have done what they've done. With the quarterback situation last week and the musical chairs at wide receiver, it's
1: amazing. No, and an under the and under the radar move that I think will really help the Saints in their in their again offense approach moving forward. Reacquiring Mark Ingram, a, a oh. energy guy in the locker room, a guy they loved in the locker room, didn't want to see him leave. Him and Kamara have a great relationship. Him and Sean Payton talked to us about Mark Ingram back in the fold.
2: Man, I'm glad you brought him up he's one of my favorite saints of all time and i've covered him since the beginning of the peyton era and the reason i like mark ingram is because when alvin kamara came into the league a lot of veterans they don't want to be nice to rookies i mean look at brett Favre and aaron Rodgers. you see it at every position but he embraced alvin kamara they did interviews together he helped him at practice helped him during games and alvin kamara likes mark ingram so much he lobbied for him to come back even this time around so mark ingram is a class guy uh, a team guy, a great locker room guy. And I thought he would contribute. He did a little more than I thought he would he against the Bucks. And uh, it's funny. He started out, you know, wearing a 28 and then he was 22. Or maybe it's 22, then 28. And now he's 14, which is kind of <laughs> weird. He tried to kind of, he came back like, what number do I go? I'm going to go 14, I guess. But Mark Ingram, they love him. They, and they brought back Malcolm Jenkins a few years ago. It's rare you get rid of somebody in the Peyton era and you bring him back. But Malcolm Jenkins and Mark Ingram have been exceptions. You even had a weird case like Kenny Stills, right. who wasn't a popular guy, and they brought him back too. So, um, you know, when they like somebody, they know that they can contribute, step in, and, and know their system, they're going to do that.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's get a couple topics around the league, and then we'll, then we'll move on. What are your thoughts on the, on the Chiefs' struggles here in the last few weeks? It's been crazy how these defenses are, are playing the Chiefs too too deep zone, making them run the ball, and they just refuse to run the ball consistently. What are your thoughts on Andy Reid in Kansas City? Well, it
2: shows you how hard the NFL is. I don't care who you are. If they figure you out, even if you're the great, great Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have issues. And he's learning he can't be Superman anymore. He can't do everything by himself. And, I mean, they were lucky to win that Giants game. I mean, he had the interception late, and they called it back. And I think the defense uh, has been exploited a lot. Steve Spagnola, I, I know guys that I, I've covered that that don't like his system. They don't feel like he plays to the strengths of a lot of people. He's had mixed success in the league, let's be honest about it. He yeah. had success with the Giants, wasn't a good head coach with the Rams, won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, but now they're having problems. So I think if you combine the defense having problems and the offense, uh, people are catching up to them. I mean, this is a smart league Everybody gets paid. Everybody schemes. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, he's got to adjust. And he's got to continue adjusting. That schedule for the Chiefs is brutal coming up. So they got the Packers. They got the Raiders. They got a lot of tough teams. So it's not going to get any easier for those guys.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Trade deadlines upon us around the league. You already seen a couple moves Tuesday, Vaughn Miller goes to the Rams. Yeah. What a stacked NFC. I mean, you got the Rams, you got the Bucks, you got the Packers, you got Arizona. New Orleans is a very dangerous team as a five or a six seed. The NFC is loaded.
2: Yeah, I mean they're all in in L.A. Obviously, I yep. mean they've given away the draft picks I think for the next thirty years, and <laughs> they don't have much coming down the pike here. But you got Matt Stafford. I'm, I'm you know what? I'm objective when I say this. I like seeing guys like Matt Stafford do well. Yep, he was been, you know, hidden really. You knew he was talented, but he played in Detroit. It kind of made me wonder, man, what if Barry Sanders would have gone to a, right. a great team later in his career, how much success he would have had. You know, he would have had a lot like Stafford's having. So uh, I like seeing that story. But I think the key with the playoffs, the way they are now and all these great teams, man, you got to win your division. You got to get that you know, first round bye, You got to get home game. field. Yeah. That, that that really helps you man with all the competition there so i know that's helped the saints in recent years it didn't help them last year eventually with the bucks but it helped them early but winning that division is huge and boy with the saints beating the bucks that makes the nfc south very interesting because it's definitely a case of the haves and have nots because the saints and bucks are good and let's face it the panthers have fallen off yeah. and the falcons aren't that good so it's it's uh It'll be interesting to watch how those two teams do moving forward. I
1: mean, right now New Orleans is in first place, they got the head-to-head with the Bucks. Both got two yeah. losses. I mean, so yeah. right now the Bucks are a wild card team, and the Saints are, you know, be the three or four seed if we yeah. st- if we started the playoffs today, which obviously we don't. So, um, all right, let's get away from uh, the football field a little bit. Talk about a little bit of your a little, some of your uh, endeavors off the field. Talk to us about season three of Errands. You know what? I, I really
2: miss as a reporter getting one-on-one interviews with people because in the social media age, uh, athletes, they have a platform and you don't get to know them as well. So I created this series called errands where we run errands with sports celebrities and they pick out the errands. And the bulk of it though, are the conversations we have in the car between the errands. And we started with Dick Vitale. The Saints saw that. So they signed me to a two-year deal. We just renewed for two more years. And we started off with Jim Mora. And I know many of your Podcast listeners know who Jim Mora is. When you think of Jim Mora, he's not going to like me saying this, but it's true. You think playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> you think diddly poo. You think all the rants in New Orleans. But Jim Mora, to his credit in our Aaron series, and you can see it up on YouTube now, you go Jim Mora and Aaron's. He embraces all of it. And one big takeaway I have is he's hot and cold with it. He kind of laughs about it, but he also said, you know, when I pass away one day, they're going to say, oh, yeah, there was that coach who said playoffs. He said that to us, but he also said, Jason, this is incredible. He lives in California now, and he still gets fan mail every week, at least 15 to 20 letters. And most of them are from a younger generation of fans who want him to sign not only Jim Mora, but they want him to put playoffs under the signature. And depending on
1: his mood, he does it. And people don't realize... Moore was the first coach for New Orleans to really bring them to playoff prominence in the late 80s, 90s. He really built a great program. He was an unbelievable coach in the USFL. That's kind of where he made his name as a head coach. I mean, he really brought the New Orleans Saints franchise back.
2: One stat I love about Jim Moore, and you're absolutely right. They didn't have one winning season before he came along. He took him to the playoffs for the first time. He had five winning seasons. When he left, he had more victories than the Saints had had the entire amount of years before he you're right. That's how much his impact was felt. It's it's amazing.
1: No, you're right. You're right. All right. So, so give, give us a couple. Give us a couple lists of people you got on, on the Aaron series. So you got Jim Mora. Who are some other guys we can look forward to hear, seeing?
2: Well, it's not cemented yet, but we're talking to Jonathan Vilma because Jonathan Vilma was the heartbeat of that Saints defense yep. when they won a Super Bowl. Of course, he went to the University of Miami, played for the Jets, was a first round pick. Um, I want guys like that who are vocal, opinionated. Jim Moore obviously falls in that category. We had Roman Harper, who was fantastic. But what's great is we, we've we even had guys like Marcus Colston, who didn't say a lot when he played, but he's a successful businessman now. He's a college professor. So you get to know guys that in a different way than when they played, because Marcus Colston used to always tell me, you know, I don't like answering the same questions over and over again. And it's not the media's fault. It's just in the locker room. You kind of get that. So when you take many of these players away from their careers and away from the media horde you get different perspective and that's what this series is all
1: about no it's a great job i definitely recommend all everybody that, you know he's done an unbelievable job but he's had archie manning on previous years what are your thoughts on the manning cast i'm sure you watched watch catch a little bit of that oh
2: my that's the best television <laughs> in years i love it i mean you know what's great about it Is it, you know, you like football anyway, but if it's a game, maybe it's the Packers against the Lions you could care less about, you want to watch the Manning cast. The the guests they get, and you know what? It's a great combination of entertainment but knowledge too. I mean, I remember earlier in the year when Aaron Rodgers was playing and Peyton Manning stands up and he talks about footwork and how when he made a throw, his feet have to be aligned with the wide receiver. When Aaron Rodgers makes a throw, his feet are like all over the place and he can twerk and he can make all these throws. And, you know, you know some of that, but the win, the way they explain it, you learn about the game yep. and, and, and you laugh. I mean, I, I thought Tom Brady was great with them. I mean, every guest they have is, is. I mean, it's just a great idea. I just wish they were every week, Jason. Right. I wish they were, it's, that's the frustrating part.
1: Right. And, and some of the, to me, some of the funny things are the brotherly things. They're yes. showing, they're, they record Peyton Manning destroying chicken breasts. At halftime, he's hungry and he's just destroying the chicken breast. And Eli's killing him about how he's eating the chicken breast. And because because Peyton's only got like seven minutes of halftime to do it, he's just killing it like we're at, me and you were at Hooters killing chicken wings. <laughs> but,
2: but you know what? Absolutely, or the armpit sweat that he has. Yes. You know, and I, I love I love just real. Yeah, exactly. Real. And that's what most people appreciate that you can admit your faults. You, you, everybody has. Siblings, most people, or you have a family member who you like to kid with, so you yep. can relate to that. I love, yeah, I love that what you just said about the chicken wings. And I love last week when they were in Seattle and the Saints were up there because I DVR'd it, man. I had to come home and watch it after that. But ask Hass- Matt Hassel back out in the Ring of Honor. And of course, you know, he has a brother and they all played together growing up. Right. And then Peyton said, Yeah. I love that Matt Hasselback's in the Ring of Honor. I'm so happy for the family. Remember when we played with them? It was like Cooper and I played with the, the Hasselback boys. Like, Eli, what were you doing? You are playing with your blanket, weren't you? That was, that was great.
1: <laughs> All right, where's where's Archie man- where's Arch Manning going to commit to? Come on now. Oh. You're the insider.
2: <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep hearing Texas or Georgia. I think it's going to come down. I hear Alabama is in there. But, man, if I'm Arch, I go to Texas or Georgia. Because, let's face it, both of those programs – if you get a quarterback, you're going to get everybody else. Yes. They're going to follow you in that recruiting class. You play college football. You know that. If you get the alpha, they're going to follow you because of the alpha. Look at Jameis Winston when he played at Florida State. Yep. You had Kelvin Benjamin. You had Freeman. You had all those guys. So I think I think at the end of the day, if I had to guess, it will be Georgia or Texas. And I've seen Kirby Smart at a lot of Newman yes. games on Friday nights. I'm gonna go Georgia if I had to pick.
1: Yeah. They actually, they actually played a couple of weeks ago. Berkeley Prep. Me and you were both in Tampa. They played Berkeley Prep in in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. That was on TV. And you, you're right. They showed they showed Kirby Smart there. All right. Last question. Get you out of here. Rumor has it you're now a professor, man. What's what's uh, this rumor uh, I hear about you being an academia uh, an academia professor? Neighbors, tell the audience that, about Professor
2: yeah. Neighbors about that, my friend, you know, I went back <laughs> to get my master's degree. I appreciate that just for the uh, reason, sole purpose that I wanted to teach. Cause I've been wanting to teach for a long time, but I didn't want to teach until I'd been in the business a long time. And frankly, yeah. I thought I would teach a reporting media course, which I would have been fine with, but the group at Florida Southern in the business school, uh, Michael Weber, who's the Dean. I met with him and he's, he's great. He's a forward thinker. He uh, is a risk taker, and he thinks outside the box. And he gave me a course called Sports Innovation and Entrepreneurship, and he just let me run with it. And we have had great guests every week. We had Buck CEO Brian Ford the first week. We had uh, the CEO of Smack Apparel the second week. This week, we're bringing in um, some great guests, too. We're going to have uh, Byron Kennedy, who had Tom Brady's ball, and he's going to give us perspective. So I try to give my students something every week. This week's guest is... Uh, Dr. William Sutton, who started that Vedic sports management program at USF. So it's a good mix of a lot of different topics in the sports world. We're going to have the raised marketing person on later in the year. We're going to have digital marketing. So I I love what I do. You love what you do. I want to talk to my students. And we're going to give them all kinds of options every week. And hopefully at the beginning of class, I had them all write down what they want to do. If at the end they still want to do it, that's great. Hopefully they'll be more passionate about it, but then they may learn something in this class where they'll find another avenue too. And that's really the goal.
1: That's awesome, man. That's a great, you know, that's a great way to give back to the, to the future of the meet in the sports media group. I know you've got a long story career. So congratulations to you for giving back and, and doing something you love. Cause I know you, I know you enjoy the teaching aspect of it as well. All right. Tell everybody where they can find Aaron's again and where they can find the, the neighbors media group and all the things you're doing.
2: Everything really I put on Twitter, at Mike Neighbors, that's N-A-B as a boy, O-R-S, or you can go on YouTube, hit Aaron's Saints or Aaron's Jim you know, or many of, if you hit Aaron's Saints, you'll see most of them, but um, we're hoping to expand it. We had a lot of uh, negotiations in progress, and I'm not I'm preaching to the choir. Everybody had to deal with COVID, but COVID really hurt Aaron's in a lot of ways. But we're bouncing back now, like many people are uh, post COVID. So I appreciate it, man. You do a great job. Anytime you need me, I'd love to hop on with you.
1: Last question. I know it's Tuesday. We're recording this. Who's winning the World Series, Braves or Astros?
2: Braves man, got Braves. I'm with Braves.
1: you. You and I both got some experience in the South, working and living. Braves fan, man, let's go Braves. Here we go. Even
2: though, even though Atlanta, man, they can't have another Falcon Super Bowl, man. <laughs> Braves got to resurrect Atlanta and their sports fans. Do it, Braves. Come on.
1: Let's go. Let's go, Braves. From Skip Carey back in the day. Oh, I love Skip Carey. All right, Mike. Appreciate the time, man. Keep up the great work, and we'll catch up to you real soon. Anytime, my friend. Enjoyed it. All right, we'll be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. Check out my new podcast called the No Quarter Given Podcast, where myself and Peter Blake, we give a historical analysis of all the Buck opponents throughout the regular season. Week to week, every opponent that the Bucks will play this year, we will do a podcast on a historical overview of the rivalry between the Bucks and this week's opponent. So subscribe, rate, and review to the No Quarter Given Podcast on all your podcast platforms. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed our chat with Mike Neighbors of the Neighbors Media Group. And up next, TJ Reeves, who along with Mike Neighbors was in the Superdome on Sunday afternoon as the Saints, with Trevor Simeon at the helm, overtake and upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk to TJ about Buck Saints, a couple NFL topics college football the college football playoff has been released on tuesday night some interesting uh developments there we're going to hit on the huge boxing match saturday night las vegas canelo alvarez caleb plant for the unification of the super middleweight division in all things sports and maybe even a little world series welcome to the podcast tj
0: my friend, it's always good to be with you, and I did not get to run into neighbors in the Superdome, although he and I literally live about five minutes from each other. But A lot of times we're so busy, we have to run into each other at a Buck Saints game in New Orleans uh, to see each other, but I did not get to see him. I think my ears stopped ringing about 15 minutes ago at the time we're taping the podcast. Jason, it was loud. I don't know what Neighbors has told you, and he's been in there many more times than I have, but that was as loud as I can remember it. Of course, they had no fans last year, and we weren't even there for Bucs and Saints in the two meetings, including the playoffs, but man, it was crazy and a wild game where the Buccaneers uh, self-inflicted a lot. The Saints deserve credit. They outplayed the Bucs, but still, to to be down by 16 points, to the second half and come back and take the lead. It just shows you how explosive, with Brady healthy and all those weapons that the Buccaneers are. So a lot to unpack from that game. As you mentioned, I want to get to the college football playoff. I want to get to the boxing.
1: We got a buffet, my we friend. We do. And I got and I got to applaud Mr. Reeves. Mr. Mr. Reeves is talking to us today in the car on the way to Tampa <laughs> International Airport to go pick <laughs> up the in-laws. Yes. So Appreciate yes. you doing this on short notice. Boring.
0: Scoring points, you and I have been trying to work out a time, and I made the suggestion. I said, listen, i got to grab my in-laws late Perfect. night coming in on a flight. Uh, they are one of, like, the Marines, the few, the proud, that have not had an affected flight by American Airlines in the last four days. They're on American, <laughs> and their flight is on time, brother. So I am getting my in-laws because I have a schoolteacher wife and middle school age children that are in the bed. I'm getting my in-laws late night, and I'm on the Powers on Sports podcast. I wouldn't miss it. So, uh, bravo. Couldn't,
1: couldn't have it any other way. Uh, remote. We are talking mobile and remote in the day and age of technology. All right, Rope, give me a couple tidbits. What was the reaction on the Buccaneers' sidelines? I know you were down there when Jameis Winston goes down with the knee injury.
0: All right, so the first thing is they're, they're ticked off about the flag, and the play is right in front of me. I mean, literally 30 feet in front of me looking out when it happened. And it happened so quick where he grabbed him and spun him, but I saw his left leg buckle too, right in front of me. And I'm like, ooh. And then he, and he laid there for a second, and then he started to get up and try to walk, and then he went back down again. And you're like, okay, that's not good. Is it his, is it his knee? Is it his ankle? And then you knew once he went in the blue tent – uh, and we saw that and there were players going in the blue tent to check on it. And you knew that was not good. And he got on the cart. So on the Bucks sideline, they were more upset about the penalty. And then, you know, reality sets in 20, 30 seconds later, he's not getting up. And right. he's not getting up for 60 seconds or two minutes. And he can't even put weight on his leg. So then you're concerned for him. And uh, say whatever you want about football on the field. Jameis was fantastic to deal with in Tampa Bay, even after losses. A class guy. He's trying to make a go of it in New Orleans. They've won some games, and now he's hurt for the year. So you feel for him. You absolutely, genuinely, sincerely, I do. You feel for him, even if he's playing for an NFC South rival and his season is done.
1: No, no doubt. And he was playing well, too, for, for the Saints. They were they were playing a different kind of offense than the Saints are used to, much more ball control, trying to minimize the the throwing opportunities. And he was playing well in that system. You just hope that he can recover, and, and obviously, obviously he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Hopefully, he'll be back in New Orleans and they'll give him an opportunity to resurrect and keep his career going because it seemed like he and Peyton were a pretty decent marriage.
0: Well, it was working. You're right. Now, we have to temper all of this. They were 32nd in the league coming into Sunday in throwing the football in every metric, 32nd in yards, 32nd in pass attempts over 10 yards. 32nd in the league in in yards per completion. So it clearly was a conservative game plan of don't take a lot of chances throwing the ball down the field where he's going to throw interceptions, get the ball to Kamara, handing it to him, throw it to him, short passes. Again, Peyton is an offensive genius to tailor this around. And it's one of the reasons why Trevor Simeon was obviously able to come in and still succeed with that kind of game plan and that kind of offense because they weren't asking him to take seven-step drops and laser the ball down the field. So give the Saints a lot of credit with what they what they have done to this point to get to five and two. Now, that being said, I don't know how much more this can sustain. I don't I don't think they're going to be an 11, 12, 13-win team. I think they will be fortunate to be a 9 or 10-win team from here on out. We'll see. And I do know this, the Bucks want some revenge come December 19th, Sunday Night Football, here in Tampa Bay against the Saints at Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be a little while. There's a lot of football between now and then, but the, the Buccaneers are going to point to that game, I can assure you.
1: No, you are absolutely correct. What is it about the Saints' defense and Dennis Allen's defensive scheme that seems to get Brady and the Bucks' offense so many problems? It, it's amazing how against the Saints, relative to everybody else that the Bucks play, they just always seem a little out of sync, a little disjointed. What do you see from, you know, especially you being sidelines, what do you see from a – just whether it's a swag or an aura perspective that the Saints defense seemed to get in Tom Brady's uh, grill a little bit.
0: They've done a great job of pressuring him with the front seven. Uh, They were jumping routes on Sunday, and it paid off with the interceptions. Now, he burned them on jumping routes a couple of times, including the Cyril Cyril Grayson touchdown is a classic case uh, of the Saints jumping out of position thinking he's going to throw the ball to Godwin or Evans underneath, and Cyril Grayson, My line I keep saying is, in this uh, age of COVID-19 and social distancing, he was quarantined at the (laughs) 15-yard line. Hello, with my hand up. So that's what you get sometimes if you're going to take those risks. Uh, And that's one of the things I'm sure the Bucs are going to have to study for the rematch, the chess match of one move ahead, two moves ahead, or maybe even three moves ahead, that just because they're playing a certain coverage, that doesn't mean those guys are going to keep their responsibilities. And maybe the Bucs will be ready for some of that. Again on, on the nineteenth, but you got to give them credit. I mean, we now we now have a large enough sample size where they clearly have bothered him three times in the regular season in the in the postseason matchup. He was tremendous. They didn't turn the ball over, they won the game. And by the way, I know neighbors had his his moment there with you to talk the Saints up. For all time, the Buccaneers win a playoff game in New Orleans and retired Drew Brees on the way to winning the Super Bowl. So you can talk about seven straight regular season wins and <laughs> mastery of this. Uh, who got the rings last year and who got it at the expense of the Saints and retired Drew Brees for all time on a loss in his own building? So that ain't half bad, my friend.
1: No doubt about it. No doubt. One more buck's point, and we'll move on. What do you think the Buccaneers who are heading into their bye week in a nice weekend offer for, for Uncle TJ on a Sunday at least? What, yeah. um, what do you think the Buccaneers are going to really focus on these next two weeks from a, from a whether it's schematically or more, more, I think, it's the discipline, the penalties, the yeah. focus, just the concentration of let's do what we do well and let's do it well.
0: That is – that's the main thing. Be more disciplined, don't self-inflict, get healthier, and they are hoping that they're going to get some combination of Sean Murphy bunting, Carlton Davis – uh, Richard Sherman back in there, probably not Carlton Davis for the Washington game when they return, but certainly Sean Murphy bunting is the possibility. Sherman is a possibility to help in the secondary with Jamel Dean and right. the other guys they're utilizing. So get healthy, get Grog healthy. If you can. Uh, and, and there's a couple of others too, that are, that are dinged up Levante David, although he was all over the place, he's not fully healthy. He was all over the place Sunday making plays. So, uh, get this team healthy. Get them a little refocused, and they did very well off the bye week last year. They did not lose a game after that. So let's hope. Let's hope they use this week to rest up, self scout, study up. Uh, you know, TB12 is going to be motivated uh, to play Washington and then come back home and play the Giants on Monday Night Football. Two very winnable games. You win those games, and you're eight and two. You're right where you want to be in the thick of things in the NFC.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, I said to the college football world, you will be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Saturday night, LSU. Alabama come a-calling, not the first time in a long time. First of all, it's not CBS primetime, and it's not CBS 330. It's a 7 o'clock game ESPN, so that tells you where LSU football is at this stage because Alabama in the new college football rankings, they're right behind Georgia at number two. got Michigan State at three. got Oregon at four. Maybe the two surprises I saw was Cincinnati at six and Oklahoma at nine. You, wow. you, you were just in Norman last weekend to see Oklahoma, and you've seen Ohio State, who's number five. Give me your thoughts on that top five or six plus Oklahoma.
0: I am, I am shocked, first of all, that Oklahoma is that low. I, maybe not in the top four, but nine is surprising, and you know they're going to be pissed about that. Uh, particularly now, they're going to play a gauntlet uh, here at the end uh, where they're playing Iowa State uh, and Oklahoma State and Baylor at the end of their schedule. And so that's going to beef it up. Yep. You just got to keep winning games and un- an unbeaten Oklahoma team is not going to be left out of the playoffs. And I believe an unbeaten Cincinnati team is not going to be left out of the playoffs. They wow. okay, we'll put them in Cincinnati's road win at Notre Dame, who they have in the top 10 and Notre Dame only has one loss yep. to who to Cincinnati. Yeah. I-, I believe that will be enough to have Cincinnati in there. When wow. It's all said and done as long as they don't lose. Um, fascinating that Alabama's already up all the way at number two, in front of a Cincinnati, in front of a Michigan State that got that win over Michigan, yep. in, in front of Oklahoma, who's undefeated. Uh, because you can make the argument: yes, it's the SEC, but I know they beat Ole Miss, but but beating Miami out of the conference that's that's nothing spectacular. Beating Tennessee, uh, no big deal. Beating Tennessee, beating Mississippi State uh, recently, and now even this LSU game win, win in the last ten years. Has either one of these teams been favored by 28, 29 points as never, Alabama is? Yes, that's a never, bit surprising. That's, never. that's shocking.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see. Of the teams you've seen in person this year, I know you've seen Ohio State, you've seen Oklahoma, Right. you're going to see Alabama. Who's been the most impressive that you've seen in person?
0: I had Alabama against Ole Miss, and they looked like the most impressive team. And then the next week they go to College Station and get beat, giving up, what, 40 points or yeah. or whatever. Their defense right. is not as good. Uh, Ohio State obviously got worked over by Oregon running the ball on them early in the year. And their, their real tests are still coming up. They beat Penn State in a close game. Yep. They still have to play Michigan-Michigan State Big Ten title game. And Oklahoma, I just mentioned their gauntlet schedule. I would say out of the three, at the risk of being accused of being biased in the South or slanted, Alabama probably won and probably Ohio State won A out of that. Oklahoma just behind them. Uh, And again, the the Buckeyes, uh, that was their most significant uh, game was Oregon and they lost it. But still, Ohio State's got so much talent. I don't know how good Oklahoma's defense is. They were good against Texas Tech, but they've been bad against other teams. Ohio State and Alabama have better defenses, I think, than Oklahoma. That's how I'd rank it. Yeah, I got you.
1: All right, let's talk real quick, Cincinnati. I think for Cincinnati to get in, they're going to need some help. They're going to need Georgia to beat Alabama in that SEC title game because, If Alabama-Georgia and split, both of them are going. The Big Ten champion is going, in my opinion, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan State. And then if Oregon wins the rest of their games, I think they're going because they went to Columbus to beat Ohio State. So if you're Cincinnati and Luke Fickle, you better not win close when you got Houston, SMU, South Florida coming up. You better win convincingly, and you need Georgia to beat Alabama.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting theory, and again, a lot of football to be played because if Ohio State loses a second time, they're, they're, off, they're obviously done. Yep. If and Alabama were to lose a second time, let's say, to Auburn or to Georgia, they're obviously done. Now the door is wide open
1: yes. for Cincinnati
0: to be there. Just win your games. They, they can't slip. Win their games, and then they've got a very strong argument, and as long as Notre Dame keeps winning. I mean, if Notre Dame is at the end of this thing and they're undefeated only with a loss to Cincinnati, that really helps Cincinnati's resume. No
1: so, doubt about it. No and, doubt
0: and here's what I have always said, and we will say this again, and you're gonna be on with me on my stuff, and I'm gonna be on with you over the course of the next few weeks. I promise you. They want the screaming, Jason. They want the arguing. Yes, it fuels the sport, yes, it fuels the end of the season, the controversy and, and and who's in fuels the next six or seven weeks leading to the second weekend in December. So that's what they want. And so with Cincinnati out of the top five. Out of the top four, now down at six. With Oklahoma down at nine, you got screaming. You got screaming (laughs) that Alabama's a two in front of Michigan State. That's what they want. So stay tuned. It's only the first ranking. It is all going to change. And I think every year, every year so far, the college football playoff in the previous seven, the first four teams have not been the final four teams. Correct. Let me say that again. The first four that you saw tonight, which, again, uh, help me on the reveal. That's Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, right? Georgia. Georgia one. Georgia one. Georgia Georgia one. I'm sorry. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, Oregon. are the four. Ohio that State means, five, more, Cincinnati that means six. more than likely out of those four, it's not going to be
1: all four
0: of Correct. those four. Stay tuned.
1: And what a job by Mel Tucker at Michigan State, a team that nobody thought off the radar coming into this year. What a game against Michigan and Harbaugh comes from sixteen down in the third quarter. You think his, you think his agent's not doing cartwheels? Oh yeah. LSU and LSU's in the mix here potentially, and a pay raise at Michigan State. What a job and by Mel Tucker.
0: Fell and the NFL could be in the mix too for him because he's got NFL assistant coach experience uh, exactly. as well, and it was also the former interim head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. Uh, back about seven eight years ago too. So he's had some NFL uh, looks. And so that that will be interesting. It will be very interesting as this plays out. But they got a long way to go because they still got to play Ohio State. They still got to get to a Big Ten championship game and win it. But yeah, they're quite the story uh, right now at Michigan State. No doubt.
1: I got you. All right. Before we get to the last thing in the fight, just give you a quick World Series update. We're taping this Tuesday night. The Braves middle innings up five nothing in Houston. Jorge Soler has hit a home run that I don't think still has landed yet. TJ Reeves. <laughs> a hanging Well, they may have hit a
0: couple of them, and, yeah, and Soler hit it to Katy, Texas, I believe, and, yes. and you're right. So so they're looking good at the time we're taping. The audience will know what happened with the Braves in game six. Does it take a game seven? And I know you're a big Braves guy. Uh, you've got the Sid Bream call That's on right. your, on the open to your podcast. That's right. Uh, this would be something else if they can get this. Uh, here the uh, the Atlanta Braves. We'll uh, will see if they can. Houston deserves a lot of credit because they could have knuckled under on Sunday night and it would have been over in Game Five. But we'll wait and see if Atlanta has put it away for their second World Series win for the uh, for the Braves. And who'd have thunk it when they lost Ronald Acuna and, and, and Acuna yeah. had other injuries too.
1: Have you been to how many how, how many World Series games you've been to?
0: The only the only
1: World Series
0: stuff that I've been to, let me think, I have I've only been to the Rays and the Phillies. And I'm trying to think was I add another one. But I think that's the only one that I've ever been to. What about you with any of those?
1: I was I actually was in when I was living in Birmingham. I went to game two in 95 Braves, Indians, Glavin throws a gem in game two. Dave Justice hits a hits a home run to win the game one to nothing in a great game two in Atlanta late October.
0: There you go, and that I mean, go. it has been a while. It is. It was Bill Clinton's first term, yes. in 1995. Uh, we can start thinking about some other things uh, that were going on in and around, uh, you know, 1990s. Uh, was MC Hammer and the parachute pants were a yes. big deal back in the mid 90s? I'm trying to think what else was a big deal back in the in the mid 90s. Gas was uh, probably around two dollars a gallon, yep. or something like that. Yeah, uh, God only knows when it's ever going to be two dollars a gallon again. So we just we got to look back fondly at that at that time period, and obviously the Braves have gotten uh, back in a World Series uh, since then. But now they have a chance; they're on the cusp of winning one, and let's see if they do.
1: And Sam Weiss was still the head coach of our Tampa Bay Buccaneers in nineteen eighty. That is correct.
0: That is correct. TJ <laughs> G- was not yet married. I got married the next year, and I've been married twenty-five years. Now I officially Woo. feel old. Woo. I wasn't married when the Braves won that World Series.
1: In All right, let's get to the last, last topic. Big Fight Weekend Podcast. TJ Reese yes, host, huge unification title fight in Las Vegas, 168 pounds. Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant. Give us the lowdown on this championship showdown.
0: All right, so this is a big deal for a couple of reasons. Uh, Canelo, one of the top draws in the sport. The last time he fought was at Jerry's World AT&T Stadium. Only Jason Power. sixty-three thousand people in attendance uh, for that one. It set the largest indoor North American fight record ever. Broke Muhammad Ali's record for the Superdome when he beat Leon Spinks. How about that for trivia questions: sixty-three thousand were there. So this is at a smaller arena, smaller in air quotes. Uh, that will be taking place in the 19,000-seat MGM Grand Garden Arena. Yeah. But he's the top non-heavyweight draw. Huge Mexican audience, obviously, on pay-per-view, and there will be a lot of Mexicans and Mexicans, uh, Mexican-Americans that will venture their way to Vegas to see this, this, this weekend in person. Uh, and, again, the draw is him trying to win the undisputed 168-pound title. He's got three of the belts. The guy he's fighting, Caleb Plant, is unbeaten nashville tennessee native las vegas resident he's not well known outside of hardcore boxing fans the biggest deal is he's got the fourth of four belts that canelo's trying to grab and go for boxing history nobody's ever had all four belts at 168 so he's going for that uh this will be very intriguing on pay-per-view and uh again caleb plant undefeated but this is the toughest guy he's ever fought so it's a huge step up in competition this is like up-and-coming teams in college football going up against Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. Let's see how you officially measure up. Or if we're talking about in the NFL, if your team is kind of up-and-coming, maybe it's the Cleveland Browns that are doing much better or, you know, the Carolina Panthers this year got off to a 3-0 start. Let's see how you do against the Buccaneers or against the Chiefs, against the upper echelon of the NFL. Let's see how you do against the Saints or the Dallas Cowboys. That's the same thing for Caleb Plant in this fight Saturday night. And uh, and Canelo is highly motivated. I don't think Plant will be intimidated. Uh, uh Plant's a big guy, but I, I, don't, I don't think he'll be intimidated. But from a skill and a power standpoint, Canelo might very well overwhelm him, Jason.
1: Check out all the analysis breakdown of the big fight weekend podcast. TJ's the host of that. Um, TJ, also, we, hosted- are, we
0: are going to be writing our brains out to previewing this fight. Uh, Even from the betting angles, the historical angles, bigfightweekend.com, as well as the podcast, we'll have all of it for this week. Fight again is Saturday night, late night after the college football, pay-per-view on Showtime. Showtime pay-per-view, Canelo, Caleb Plant, 12 rounds, 168 pounds. I don't think it goes the distance. I, I really honestly believe either Caleb Plant will do something dramatic with a big punch or Canelo will get to him, wear him down, stop him, knock him out. I don't think we're going 12 rounds
1: Saturday night. We'll see. That's one thing I've never done that I do have on my bucket list one of these days is go out to Vegas on a big fight weekend because I can imagine the (laughs) electricity for a championship fight is off the charts.
0: I have never been there either. Maybe you and I need to go do that together. Uh, We will see with some others, but it it is going to be something. And then they've got another huge one with Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter world welterweight title fight two weekends from now in Las Vegas. And they've already had Fury and Wilder in, in Vegas at the beginning of October. Yep. So, this is the third one in about six or seven weeks they've had out there. Good to have all of this back. And I know Las Vegas is coming back to life economically, et cetera. This stuff is very important to
1: them. And if you're out in Las Vegas, folks, look up the unofficial mayor, our buddy, Mr. <laughs> TC Martin.
0: No doubt. TC will be there at Ringside. We're going to have him on the podcast. Uh, my man is all over it, whether it's the Vegas Raiders, whether it's the fights, whether it's the Vegas Golden Knights. And he's a big Dusty Baker guy. He is He is buddies with Dusty Baker. Dusty got him tickets to games one and two of the World Series uh, over behind their dugout on the first wow. baseline. Wow. I mean, the unelected mayor is something else. He's not so much an Astros guy. He's a Dusty Baker guy, wherever Baker's been, with the Dodgers or with his managerial career with the Giants and the Reds. And I'm going to leave one out. The Nationals, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And the Cubs and the Cincinnati Cubs. Reds, Cubs. So, he follows Dusty wherever Dusty goes. So, TC may be smarting if the Braves have finished off this World Series. Again, the audience already knows that. We don't know that while we're taping in the middle of game six being played while we're yeah. taping. But I love TC Martin. TC Martin Show. TCMartinShow.com. He's out in Vegas. You're on with him. I'm on with him. Yep. He'll be talking about the fights this week uh, and everything else going on out in Las Vegas, for sure.
1: Well, my man, appreciate the time. I know you're in the car yes. sitting, in the, sitting in the cell phone lot. I'm,
0: I'm in the cell lot. The in-laws plane has landed. They don't have their bags yet, but I'm their transportation. We'll be all good. <laughs> no matter the situation, I'm coming strong on the Powers on Sports podcast. That's and all We have.
1: appreciate it. Check out TJ and the Three Dog Thursday podcast coming out yes. later, later on Thursday. Yes. Big fight weekend. I believe, I believe one Jason Powers will make an
0: appearance with me to make an underdog pick on yes. Three Dog Thursday this week as well. College football or NFL underdog. He's going to keep us guessing on which one he's going with. Stand by for that. I appreciate you plugging me on all this stuff. Buccaneer bye week. I'll do the Alabama LSU game Saturday night on national radio. Privileged to do it. Yes, with Compass Tiki Media. Farmers. Compass Media, national radio, Compass compassmedianetworks.com. There's going to probably be 80 or 90 radio stations or more all over the country running it. Some of them stream it. You can hear it wherever you are. Go to compassmedianetworks.com to find out more. Tiki and I on the call in Tuscaloosa. Looking forward to that. And whenever you need me, my friend, you let me know, and I'm on with you.
1: Tell my people at Jim and Nick's Barbecue, I said hello, man, in Birmingham.
0: We, but uh, yes, <laughs> we, we got to go check that out. We got to maybe go check out Full Moon Barbecue. I don't know about Dreamland in Tuscaloosa. We're going to hit a couple of barbecue places maybe this weekend.
1: There you go, man. Well, TJ, thanks for the kind t- the time in the cell phone lot. Tell the tell the <laughs> in-laws we said hello and keep yes. up the great work, my brother. Always great to be with the Powers on Sports podcast. See you next time, buddy. Hang in there. We'll be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.